0: Big show today ladies and gentlemen The NRL season has started It's all kicking off There's rugby league everywhere And I thought I would take the opportunity To start this episode off By chatting to One of the stalwarts Of rugby league broadcasting Here in Australia He's dialing into us now Are you there Ravs?
1: Thanks very much Slug It's a pleasure to be here
0: You must be glad that the footy's back
1: Oh look, it's lovely to get back into rugby league.
0: You're in semi-retirement these days, Rabs. Are you enjoying, you know, taking it easy?
1: Look, I tell you what, I'm not that happy to be coming out. I mean, I was, I was quite happy, uh, snugged up on the lounge. Right. Uh, didn't feel a great need to go to uh, football grounds in the cold and the rain for another season. But here I am. <laughs>
0: What have you got for us this season, and have you got anything planned? Anything to look out for?
1: I'll tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like to uh, just make sure I'll go back to a few of my favourite phrases. I don't think I uh, used, uh, I'll tell him man he can, very much last season. So I want to make sure that gets a good run.
0: Well, I can speak for all the fans and saying we, we haven't been missing that. I, I hope we get to hear it.
1: Yeah, we used to say turn it up. I don't know why we, I don't know why I don't say turn it yeah. up anymore. Maybe because Fiaty's not round that notch. Yeah. He used to always say turn it up.
0: Yeah, you guys always said turn it up, didn't you? But
1: pretty- uh, I mean, you know what Fiat's what are like.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, you know, these things come and go, I guess. Uh, are you going to try and bring that back with fellow commentators this year? I'll tell
1: a man he can.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. Nice one.
1: Right. So, what is this? Is this a?
0: It's a, a podcast. It's a progressive rugby league podcast. A
1: podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a.
1: Well, that's a that's a radio show of some description, is it?
0: Oh yeah, I guess it's like a radio show on the internet.
1: The right? internet.
0: Yeah. You've heard of the internet, surely, Rams? Haven't you?
1: Well, I don't know much about that.
0: Oh, Lord, I can't yeah. imagine why. You
1: know. I prefer traditional media, but, uh, you know, all the best with it. I hope you go well.
0: Well, thanks, Rabs, uh, and enjoy your calls this season.
1: Right, Thanks very much. Bye, Rabs. Taddle up. Progressive Rugby League
0: Hello everyone, The Slug here with you once again, and the NRL season has started, it's official, Woo! fireworks, yeah. sound effects there yeah. probably. Um, with me, as always, is Jono. G'day, hello, how are you Slug? And not with me, as never, is Big Al. He's not here this week. That's right. He's gone uh, travelling. I believe he's going to send us a postcard later in the show. Oh, okay. He's giving us some uh, rugby league thoughts from afar, has he?
2: Yes. So, never fear, Big Al fans, because I know there are many. Yep. He will be with us later in recorded form. All
0: right. Excellent. So, what we do have for you uh, is the usual segments. You know, we've got our reflections. We've got mailbag. We've got progressive moments. But we have a new segment, Jono. We do. And, and look, we haven't got a name for it
2: quite yet. And we'll, I mean, we might workshop it later, but the general gist is, you know, there are so many famous rugby league grounds around the world that most of us will never visit. So mm. the idea is to, to bring that to life for people, bring it to your ears, the, those unique rugby league game day experiences. So yes. tune in later and uh, we'll,
0: we'll have our first segment of that. Excellent. Uh, I don't have a theme. I'm sorry. Oh, we'll just have to do without one. It is possible to have segments without themes. Someone's someone's reminded me recently. I've heard that. Yeah. So let's start off with some reflections. There, Giano, what do you got? Well, I mean, first of all, before I get to my reflections. Oh, go on. Yeah.
2: You know, it's quite a it's quite a rare occurrence that all three of our teams, the Knights, the Eels, and the Tigers, won over the weekend. That's right. It's like, I didn't know how to react. Yes. I think it only happened maybe once last year. Let's call it a round one fluke. Yeah. So I think you yeah, know. I'm not sure if we should buy our grand final tickets just yet. What, a three-way grand final? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> it's progressive. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but in terms of my reflection for the week, look, as you know, Big Al is not here this week, and he is our Minister for Rugby League Enthusiasm. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to channel a bit of Big Al, because that, everyone knows I'm a bit of a wet blanket to Big Al's enthusiasm sometimes, so I apologise for that, but I'm going to channel Big Al and give everyone the, the enthusiasm shot that we all need. Oh, mm, sure. So we all know that Melbourne Storm have an incredible first round record, like seventeen years in a row they've won the first round. And Certainly I don't know now. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I, on the other hand, I'm normally always a little sluggish to start the season. I'm also a little sluggish. <laughs> so I've yeah. heard. Um, it always takes me a little while to get going, and I think it's because I, I watch a fair bit of cricket in the off season. Mm. You know, it's such a diff- different rhythm to watching cricket on TV compared to rugby league, as yes. you know. Like with cricket, it's very much a slow burn generally. Low intensity viewing with little bursts of excitement yep. here and there. With rugby league, you need to be switched on or else the game just gets away from you. So I think, you know, normally it takes me a couple of weeks adjustment to get into the full swing. <laughs> but this year, I expedited the process. You, yeah. know, you know how? Yeah, how did you do that? Well, it all came from a conversation I had with a mate in the front bar of my local pub. Hmm. We came to the conclusion that rugby league, <laughs> rugby league is the only sport to have come about to right a wrong. Right. You think about that. We, we thought and thought. Like, what other sport has come about from writing a wrong? I'm thinking all the way back to 1895, workers' rights issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't think of any. I think maybe like, can you think of any? I'm thinking flicks. You know, I used to play footy card flicks with a friend. Uh, he had pocket money, he could buy footy cards. I didn't. Yeah. So we used to play flicks for his footy cards. Right. He was technically writing a wrong the fact that I didn't get pocket money. <laughs> but I can't think of any other sport that's come about. Not invented, but yeah. come about eventually from righting wrong. So that, once I had that in my mind, yeah. I was salivating for round one. <laughs> and I think subsequently, I came out of the blocks flying.
0: And in fact, I, I'd say that I came I came away with a W. You started with full perspective. That's right. That's what. That's yeah. Well, what, what is this? What am I looking at? Yeah. Oh, it means this in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, like I say, because. You know, that viewing experience is so different
2: between summer and winter in in Australia, Australian sport and British sport, I suppose. So for me, it just takes a little while. I know you're a cricket fan. I'm not sure if you get the same transition period.
0: Yeah, because you're moving from... If we are watching cricket all summer, you're moving from... You know uh, something that's uh, highly tactical. Mm. There's a lot of kind of attrition, yeah. I guess, involved in a particularly a particular test match. And A lot of time, yeah, and 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 your game plan stretches over many many hours. Exactly. Um, in in, uh, in rugby league, when that suddenly comes about, I guess there's just not that level of, uh, well, wow. uh, 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 I guess, intelligent
2: creativeness. Sure. Well, I mean, you, you played the game. I beg to differ. I've seen you play the game, and I, all I
0: saw was intelligence. Yes, but not in round one. Never in round one. <laughs> That's right. It comes with time. However, I did not watch as much cricket this season okay. as I have other years. So I, I like you, feel I eased into round one a little more. You got the W as well. Yeah, well which actually leads me into my reflection, which is short and sharp. Beautiful. Uh, probably contradicting exactly what I just said, which is don't watch round one. <laughs> Ever, don't watch round one. You didn't enjoy it. No, it was sloppy. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was not. I mean, did you, how many games did you watch over the weekend? I watched about three. Yeah, roughly <laughs> three. <laughs> how many of those were, were
2: quality viewing? I thought uh, the Parramatta Penrith game, maybe because I was slightly emotionally invested, was yeah. and Parramatta got up but, that <laughs> uh, I enjoyed that one. I thought they they played
0: decent brand of football considering the conditions. Parramatta played all right. Panthers particularly were. Look difficult cool. to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, look, I, I, I don't want to. We're not here to talk down the game. We're here no, to talk up the game. That's right. But you know, if you forget to watch a few round one games, that's perfectly okay <laughs> in the long run. I reckon. Yeah. I mean,
2: and to be fair, there was plenty of wet weather around in, in yes. Sydney Town uh, over the weekend. So maybe we can give him a bit of leeway. Yes. I'm sure things will pick up.
0: Well, thank you there for, for channeling Big Al's enthusiasm. You yeah. also channeled a few of his vocal mannerisms there. Oh, yeah. Oh, rugby league. <laughs> rugby league. Sorry. I forgot to mention how great the Tigers are, though. That's
2: that's the only downfall of that Yes. Time. All
0: right. Well, I think it's probably mailbag time, isn't it? Oh, fantastic. If you've got something to say about the state of play... The ethical way Their game should run today Don't mean to hassle Don't mean to nag. Just send those questions and thoughts Straight to our mailbag Twitter, Facebook
1: Or send those knowledge bombs To Progressive RL Still
2: feels a little long that theme. Look, um, first off, we've got Dave Matthews, who yes. got in touch with us. I think he's from Sydney. He got in touch during the week, and sent us a link to some French commentary from the season opener between the Storm and the Broncos. So here it is. <laughs> Look, it's pretty
1: exciting. Yeah.
0: Now that was that was Nelson Solomon yeah, absolutely crunching somebody, but um <laughs> And and look
2: it just firstly I'd like to say champagne commentary I think yeah, his name sure. Rudolph Perez yeah. uh, What what? What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I had no idea, you know, the NRL was broadcast in France with French commentary, so that was no. news to me. Yeah, for sure. Wonderful. And thirdly, it gave me an idea. I mean, this could be a good way for young kids to learn French at school, we, and we could sort of make watching rugby league with French commentary part of the syllabus. Yeah. So you're sort of killing two birds with one stone,
0: a rugby league education, and you're learning a lovely second language. That's right. I, I refuse to believe that someone hearing that... Mm. Is it more interesting in finding out what the hell's going on behind <laughs> what would elicit that emotional reaction? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, excellent. Well, um, funny you mentioned Dave there. He's, he threw a question at me separately. Okay. Um, and you would have needed to have seen the Roosters Rabbitohs game to be able to answer. Yes, this. quite a bit of it. But um, uh, what did Cody Walker say to Cooper Crump? to get a re- that reaction out of him. Yeah. So essentially, Cody Walker uh, was niggling, mm. just in there niggling. Obviously, he's got a prior relationship with Cooper Cronk from the Storm. But something he said to Cronky, mm. got under Cronky's skill, and you know Cronky. Yeah. Cronky is the most level-headed player in the league, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, no one gets under his skin yeah. unless his name's C. Smith. That's
2: the only person <laughs> I've seen get under Cronky's skin. Look, the only thing I can think that he might have said was that you know i have a better vocabulary than you yeah. or something
0: that uh, challenged his uh, articu- articulateness yeah <laughs> or your intelligence s- your set plays were not well thought out <laughs> that's true right. something like that something or, that
2: or something like because cooper Cronk obviously went to france during the off season with the roosters he and did. he said look, you've trained you know with toulouse no. i've watched them i've watched them play i've, I've been there
0: maybe that was or, i'm not sure if he has but or he said you've trained with toulouse where's your mm-hmm. happy
2: where's your happy <laughs> where's your rugby your happy league yeah. enough of this corporate rugby league <laughs> throw it around give the ball some air
0: the number one uh, look I think that's probably what was said Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a need for much more debate it's pretty obvious along those lines that's right um, I've got
2: another uh, mailbag entry if, if we're ready for sure look it's not quite a mailbag but it's it's kind of communicate uh. uh, I had some communication with Mascord Brown's own Phil Brown uh. who's a lovely guy he's recently moved from London to Sydney setting up shop uh, you know, in Sydney, I believe. Not, okay. They're not sponsors, by the way. Just, <laughs> don't worry, there's not a paid, paid live read. He's aiming to get to 30-plus games of Rugby League this year, and we sort of, we're sort sort of chatting, bit of tweeting here yeah. and there, saying, when you get to Henson Park, we'll have a beer. So
0: there was a bit of chat about that. Right. So the 30 number indicates he's not just going to an NRL match every weekend. He's got to fit more in That's there. That's right. He's ambitious, which I like, yeah. which, which we all like.
2: And he, he said he promised the Rugby League hipster, who is a, a Twitter fixture, um, not quite an official friend of the show, but I'd say friendly with the show, uh, that he said that he'd go to a Newtown game wearing a Toulouse Olympic jersey yes. and Toronto Wolfpack hat for maximum rugby league hipster points. And I said that'd be hard to top. But then I thought, you know who could be the, possibly the only person to challenge Phil Brown? One guess. Uh, 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 for rugby league games seen this year oh no in terms of rugby league uh merchandise wearing oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> the guy who's set aside probably a third of his budget <laughs> that's right big budget. al big al yeah so, I'm, big al is probably the, the biggest uh, vip
2: purchaser and member of the the mascot, mascot browns kind of uh group there so I'm laying down the challenge to Phil yeah. on behalf of Big Al, without Big Al's knowledge, but I'm sure he'll be into yeah. it. What, find something he hasn't got? Well, no, to, to see, see you at Henson Park in your best international rugby league regalia. Right. And we'll let the people decide who wins oh. on the day in terms of rugby league hipster points. See, now, I'm sure, look, I haven't spoken to Big you're Al throwing
0: down this. the challenge. On behalf of Big Al. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to be there. <laughs> well, I mean, the best possible outcome here is that you know, Phil Brown doesn't listen to this podcast, has no idea there's a challenge going on. And Big Al's rocking up, just giving <laughs> it a right. lot of, what do you got? What, what you do you got? Because <laughs> we all know, Big Al, he's spoken about it on the show before, but he,
2: he's he got this wonderful Swedish rugby league jersey. He's yes. got Malta Knights, Mal- I mean. Malta Knights. training
0: singlet, was not it? Yeah,
2: he's got all the singlets. so I reckon he can take on Phil. Uh, and it's going to be like a ding-dong battle, don't get me wrong, but... Um, I I trust in Big Al and I look forward to the day so
0: you know keep your eyes peeled over the season at Henson Park I'm sure Philip Brown hasn't uh, gone on this 30 game quest just for every upstart with a few dollars (laughs) to buy merchandise with to challenge him but you know what Big Al's a disruptor that's right (laughs) he always has been that's why we love him All right. does this close the mailbag for this week it does it does and how shall people get in touch with said mailbag Twitter, you mm. look for Progressive r- Rugby League on Twitter, you look for us on Facebook or you email ProgressiveRL at Outlook.com uh, Look I'm about to give up on that email address I've had it. I love email Alright, alright, I'll, I'll keep checking it then, alright, fine Look, you know what Slug? Tell me. Do you reckon it's time for our brand new segment? Brand new segment Brand new segment
2: This Do-do-do. is very, very exciting because uh, we started this podcast about a year ago
0: and we haven't had a new segment for, ooh, about a year. So this is good news. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Yeah, if you don't count um, Slug's conversations with his mum, which, <laughs> which was a segment I tried to get up and go, my mum doesn't watch rugby league, but still, you know, yeah, that, uh, it was vetoed. That was the cutting room floor stuff. In Disappointing. The yeah,
2: apologies about that, Slug. But yeah, look, we don't have a name for it, but like I said before, uh, maybe we can workshop a few names now. All right,
0: so just throw the, the premise out there again for people. So the
2: general gist is there are so many famous rugby league grounds out there and, mm. and most of us will never get to all of these grounds in our lifetime because they're on the other side of the world perhaps and we don't have the budget or this or that reason yeah so the idea is to talk to someone from you know a ground a famous ground a yeah. supporter or an official yeah. just to, to bring that that sense of experience to your ears right. just in case you you'll never be able to get there and look you might hear this segment and go, you know what, I'm going to make this. Make, make the trek? Make the trek. All put right. it on my bucket list. So, look, I've got a couple of, well, the first name that came to me. Yeah. I don't know, it might be a bit clunky, but let me read it to you. Mm. Uh, stadiums that we've heard that we've heard of and would like to visit <laughs> one day and or that we've visited and suggest you visit. Is that, does that have a ring to it? Look,
0: I love a title with, uh, with a <laughs> and or, an or option. Right, okay. Um, You're not going with it though? Uh, well, if we do end up doing a jingle down the line, that might be kind of ha- hard for, you know, like uh, pacing, pacing-wise. Yeah, it's, hard, it's hard to do with a 4-4 four, four rhythm. Yeah, it, it might not scan, is what right, I'm saying. Okay. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, let's... let's, let's
2: mm. I'm thinking like uh, I thought about playing a uh, word play along, on the word ground, so I'm thinking on solid ground, yeah. uh, ground truth, um, that's, that's all I've really got so much. The Stadia, Arcadia. No, that's a Red Hot Chili Peppers album. So, um, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll workshop it over the week. Yeah, that's right. And right. listeners, if you've got any suggestions, have a listen to the segment
0: and get in touch with a potential name. Maybe yeah. the Rugby League Bucket List. I, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I was thinking if you tweak the segment a bit just to go to a ground every time and just start an argument with someone, you could call it Ground Beef. <laughs> yeah, that's not too bad. But that, you know, that's fundamentally changing this segment. So we'll, we'll can that fire. another slug classic on the cutting room <laughs> floor. All right. So, well, without further ado, let's hear the first installment of this segment. Here it is.
2: Okay, Jono here for the debut of our brand new segment, yet to be named, but we're closing in. Anyway, as we mentioned, the idea behind the segment is to bring you a taste of some of the most unique rugby league game day experiences from around the world. We have an international audience, and many people may have heard of these grounds, but have never and may not ever experienced them. So this segment is for all of us in that position. Well, we're planning to take this segment transcontinental, but thought we'd start things off somewhere a bit closer to home. And where better to do that than grand old Henson Park, home of the mighty Newtown Jets? Now, I've been to dozens of rugby league grounds around Australia, and I'd say an arvo at Henson Park... Watching the Jets go around has to be one of the most unique rugby league game day experiences in the country. And being set in the progressive heartland that is the inner west of Sydney, it seems quite serendipitous to kick things off right there. Now, I'm very lucky to be joined tonight by Stuart McCarthy, longtime general manager of the Jets and passionate rugby league man. Now, the last time I saw Stuart Henson Park, he was carrying two four-litre bottles of tomato sauce across the hill towards the barbecue at the base of that famous scoreboard. And that basically sums up the spirit of that club and a day at the footy at Henson Park. Everyone's in it together for the love of our great game. Stuart, hello. Hey, John, how
3: are you going, mate? It's all about the one percent, it's my friend, it. <laughs>
2: That's the way. Thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Look, Stuart, I thought I'd start off by asking on behalf of our international audience who may not know much about Newtown, about the history of the club. Could you give us a brief overview of how Newtown came to be what it is today? We, uh... Foundation club of the New South Wales Rugby League, um, and you know played in the first grade premiership competition of, of that body till 1983. Uh,
3: basically, the New South Wales Rugby League is the precursor to what now is the NRL. So, um, yeah, we would argue that we're the first club in rugby league, having been formed on the 8th of January in 1908, mm-hmm. um, and had you know, a very you know, proud history. We won three first grade premierships, the last of which was in 1943, and also played that classic grand final in 1981 against. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah. we, we didn't get the biscuits, but things turned a bit pear-shaped after that, and you know, by the end of the 1983 season. Uh, we were kicked out of the competition along with Western Suburbs Um, the league was looking to kind of expand its competition geographically and Newtown was a club that was always landlocked um, by West and Canterbury, St George, South so there was nowhere for it to grow but the plan was for the Jets to come back playing out of southwestern Sydney as the the Newtown Campbelltown Jets in 1985 but um, after agreeing to the idea of a Campbelltown side of the the joint venture pulled the plug and, and you know the club owed money to the league and, and to the players, and unfortunately, um, that was the end of that. Um, it's it, by the time that, that we sold our league's club that we own and, and paid everyone back, and that was in 1989. So there was a, a period of eight years where the club didn't play any senior football at all. But got resurrected uh, in 1991. In What's the third tier competition today called the Ron Massey Cup? But it was called mm. Metropolitan Cup back then. Yeah. Um, it wasn't long before you know the club had a lot of success in that, at that level. We won four competitions in you know in a decade, and an opportunity in 2000 came to step up to the second tier, which is kind of, you know reserve grade. Unfortunately, at the expense of the, the Rabbitohs, who had been booted out of the NRL at the time. And John Singleton helped the club out He, he was a, a long-term benefactor in his late 70s and early 80s, and. And this season, 2019, marks the
2: 20th that we've been back competing, you know, essentially at reserve grade level. Fabulous, fabulous. It's an amazing history. Now, Newtown have a really solid following in the inner-west of Sydney and crowds can swell to the many thousands. Now, how has this come about? Because lower-grade rugby league, particularly in Sydney, generally only draws the hardcore leaguey. Yeah,
3: we've been told by a lot of NRL clubs that you can't make money out of Sydney you know, second-tier football, and, yeah, if you are an NRL club, I suppose there's, there's a, you know, there's a degree of truth in that, but, yeah, answer to your question, John, it's been a lot of hard work over that entire 20-year period. I mean, I... I, I became involved in the club back in 2001 and, and you know back then you, you, you're probably getting you know, a couple of hundred people but mm. there was a lot of hard working and dedicated people that wanted to kind of build this and it, it's kind of happened organically over that that period of time and, you know the social demographic of the area has changed mm. um there's not a lot of green space in the inner west and now there's a whole lot of families that kind of love to get out of the house on a saturday afternoon so you know as time has progressed and 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 the Word of mouth has spread, you know, that what like you said an afternoon at Henson Park is truly unique, not mm. only just in terms of rugby league experiences, but it, you know, experiences in Sydney. Um, you know, for our international audience, Henson Park probably, it was built for the um, 1938 Empire Games, yeah. as the villa Drive right back then. So it's probably the biggest natural amphitheatre in Sydney. And when you're kind of standing, uh, at the top of one of the hills you, you, you can be on a stand at the creepy ground really in terms yeah. of the kind of you know the, the aspect that you get um, you know on a sunny winter's afternoon you know it, it's very unforgiving when we have that weather I've got to say that mm. um, which fortunately is less and less often given up you know, benefits of climate change, that's <laughs> <on> my way <lookout. laughs> of Benefits um, in a vertical... There's nothing better than, you know, you know, families on the hill, you know, you can bring your dog, bring the kids, we, we, we cater for the kids, you know, for the last couple of years, every week there's jumping castles, there's face painting, there's stuff to keep the kids, you know, um, occupied. You know, dads can... You know when Brownie points with the, the wives, by <laughs> taking the kids out for the afternoon. We get a lot of families that come. The girls are all just sitting on the hill drinking wine and not even watching the footy. But you know yeah. it's all about getting people to Henson Park and enjoying, you know, the atmosphere. Like you said, it's it's not corporatised. We're not a big stadium, uh, even though yeah we we could fit thirty five thousand people
1: if you really wanted to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just
3: it, it's it's a throwback to the olden days. And if you're around, the, say you know forty plus age group, you kind of grew up. Up until the age of about 10, knowing all about the Newtown Jets, and then all of a sudden, you know, they fell from grace and weren't in the competition, but now they're back. So, there's that whole retro vibe to it that you know, yeah. everyone really resonates with. Um, yeah, we, we've been called the Ramones of Rugby League, and so far, it's a, it's, it's a, a brand, yeah, um, as much as the football club, and it, it's a brand that's got a lot of kind of coolness about it. Um, you know, we do a hipster's day every year, yeah. Um, Because, you know, there's that that kind of really cool kind of demographic that is within the inner west. And, yeah, we're taking the pistol point, but it's also, you know, kind of, you know, paying homage to, you know, the the area that it is. Mm. Um, So, yeah, a long-winded answer to the question. But it's grown over time. Last year we had 7,000 people plus to our Beer forty Food Festival, which is now an annual event. We were playing Penrith in reserve grade, and Manly's NRL team was playing Penrith in first grade, and we outgrew, you know, outdrew them on the day. So, um, yeah, it I, I was certainly
2: resonated. I was there that day, Stu, and it was it was quite a day. Perfect weather and uh, everyone getting to the spirit of it. So it was, yeah, wonderful. Now, Stu, the great thing about a day at the Henson Park is, like you say, the relaxed atmosphere and the sense of fun at the ground. And there, there are a couple of examples that come to mind. There's the guy who rides his tricycle around the ground every every time the Jets score a try with dozens of dozens of screaming kids in his wake. And there's also the announcement of the same crowd figure, eight thousand nine hundred and seventy-two. Every week, how did those things come about? Um, the Pied Piper of Rugby League, Johnny Trad. Um,
3: yeah, he's on his penny farming. Um, he's just gotten a new horn, which is going to be twice as loud. <laughs> so basically, he is a kind of part of the support staff of the club. And he used to video the games. This is in the days before you know the games all got videoed every mm. week, mandatorily by the league. Um, And there was one particular Sunday afternoon where his camera packed it in, and so it was a pretty much an off-the-cuff thing where his he's actually ridden to the ground on his penny farthing, he's a bit of a left to centre kind of guy, and he took off after one of the tries and all of a sudden he started to do it, all of a sudden it kind of gained momentum to the point now where, as you suggest mate, there's like 40 and 50 kids chasing after him (laughs) every time we score a try. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just another one of those oddball things that we do at the Jets. We kind of you know, take our footy seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. That it's just grown organically,
1: like the whole kind of you know, the whole old day at Henson Park. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah, it was an accident that worked, to be honest. Um, In so far as um, Lynchy's crowd figure, Lynchy's been our ground announcer since um, yeah the nineteen nineties. Um, a life member of the club, supporter of the club since he was a kid. Uh, and it was during the Super League War, which hit in the mid-90s, where basically all the NRL clubs started to kind
2: of fudge their figures because <laughs> they are all you know, trying to get through this criteria that had been put in place for them to kind of still stay in the competition. I still think and a few teams right. do that as well, Stu. Sorry? A few teams still do that I think Anyway uh,
3: Absolutely, ourselves, know, most notably <laughs> um, But it was a Friday night thirty game, it's, uh, we were playing at Redfern uh, Oval back then um, It was pouring down with rain uh, Yeah, there would have been 20 guys There, but the, the previous weekend uh, the, the head of Penrith had taken A photo of the Roosters crowd where they claimed There was 8,000 people there and it was probably you know, Less than 2,000, <laughs> it was a shocking afternoon And so you just pulled this figure eight, nine, seven, two out of his, you know, out of a hat, and just you know, basically said, you know, that's tonight's official attendance and everyone gave it a bit of a, a bit of a razz and, you know, it just, he's said it ever since. There's a lot of um, myths around it being the last, you know, the crowd at the last game that we played at Winston Park or the last game that we played in the top five yeah. of football, but it, it comes back to that day, and, you know, that Friday night in you know, the middle of winter in 1995 where he you know, was just having a laugh at... You know, now it's like if you've been to Hanson Park before and you're bringing someone for the first time, you can easily put some money, you know, having a bet on what you know the going to be and that's you right. can put it up on the scoreboard every time. But uh, one day we actually hope that we're going to beat it, and the way the Beer Footy Food Festivals are actually mm. you know, traveling, you know, that might be sooner or later. So.
2: Yeah, it always gets a big cheer uh, when the crowd goes up, and um, it's one of the highlights, that's for sure. Now, Stu, our podcast is called progressive rugby league and we,
3: like that.
2: <laughs> we don't think rugby league gets enough credit for its progressive chops particularly among those who consider themselves progressive and of course Newt- Newtown is uh, is the progressive capital of Sydney uh, but like many places in Sydney rugby league is being challenged by AFL a game that the area of Newtown seems to be embracing more and more so can you give us an insight in what you guys are up, uh, up against and what's rugby league up against in the inner west of Sydney
3: um, yeah, we share Hanson Park. I mean, grounds in Sydney these days have to be multi-purpose. Um, so yeah, previously we had soccer on the ground, and, and the damage to soccer does to ovals is just you know, horrendous, really. So right. uh, you know, it, it, it's a great ground for AFL in terms of the shape of it, uh, and there's no cricket pitch in, in summer, so mm. you know the middle's you know, pretty soft. So we've they've been co-tenants now for probably you know near on a decade. Um, they've identified in Western Sydney as a as a real opportunity to increase their their membership base, which you know to to now for the, in the you know sake of the Swans has basically been the Eastern Suburbs and North Shore. So yeah. um, they're really pushing hard, and they're a very well-oiled machine in terms of the resources that they have in terms of you know kind of, you know increasing their participation. So there's not an NRL club in that particular area. We, we think of ourselves as kind of the you know the next biggest thing outside of the NRL. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also share a really good relationship with them, we've actually had the Sydney Swans um, you know, first grade team basically doing their pre-season at Henson Park and that's been a really great thing for the area, like, you know, the locals have come down and seen your buddy Franklin's and whatnot and, and to be fair they're very respectful of the history of our club at the ground and the fact that you know, we are the primary tenant. Yeah. Um, But the fact of the matter is, yeah, they're banging on the door and they're they're fully resourced to go into the schools, which is an area that I don't think the NRL is really doing enough of. Mm. Um, But again, we're the number one brand in our area and we kind of market ourselves that way and the crowds that we get at Hinton Park, they're they're, they're very envious of. So I I suppose we just try to put on the best show we can on and off the field. Yeah. Um, because, as you say, you know, they're, they're not going anywhere, and, and um, you know it, it's you know, they really kind of see some potential in this area, and it's a, it's a game that's probably you know, easy to play potentially for for both you know male and you, know, you know girls and boys, you yeah. know kind of growing up. Um, even though rugby league's making a lot of you know inroads into the you know female rugby league, especially with all the, the the participation rates through that, yeah. especially in girls' schools, is, is phenomenal. But um,
2: yeah, well, I, know, I tell do, you. Sorry, i tell you, Stu, Newtown is pretty much single-handedly uh, flying the flag for Rugby League in the inner west of Sydney, so on behalf of all fans of Rugby League in this area, thank you. Uh, my pleasure,
3: mate, and yeah, thank you for the, you know, the support. It's, um, yeah, we've got the loyalist you know, supporters in Rugby League, we believe.
2: Now, Stu, you've been going to Henson Park for 20-odd years, so I was wondering if you had uh, some, some of your favourite moments that you could share over those oh. 20 years. John, this is tough, mate. Twenty years. Wow. Uh, the highlight probably would have to be we, we were lucky enough to,
3: you know, win a premiership in 2012, mm. and it, it, you know, in a, in a top eight format where the grand final was team seven versus team eight. Um, right. To to actually qualify for that um, top eight, we had to win our last game, and with 90 seconds to go. You know, we were you know down by a point, um, and in the end, after full time, Jack Littlejohn has gone on to play a fair bit of first grade at other clubs. Basically, had a a, had a penalty goal attempt after the siren. he would have been forty meters out, about twelve meters from touch, mm. and had he missed the kick, we would we probably wouldn't have made the the, the finals that year. But uh, <laughs> somehow he managed to land it, and you know, if the roar that particular afternoon, yeah, that, that that set us on the road to just one of the biggest fairy tales you can hope for in rugby league and, and sport in general in terms of you know, going about winning your comps. So probably, yeah, yeah that would be number one. Mm-hmm. Um, we had another, you know, each year on the last game of the year, we, we do a, you know, a reunion day where we try to get all the old boys back and old supporters. In 2-16, with 18 minutes to go, we were down 38-6 to against Manly. All right. um, I didn't get to watch much of it because I was running around with tomato sauce and beer, <laughs> like you, you said in your intro, but kept on hearing these. Cheers of the crowd, and cheers of the crowd, and cheers of the crowd. And by my estimate, I thought we were about eight points down you know, with a couple of minutes to go. But I turned around, and saw that we were you know, two points down. So in the end, you know, we kind of scored and finished up winning forty to thirty-eight. So that oh was absolutely God. incredible. afternoon. after <laughs> um, there was also you know, my probably favourite personally was in two thousand and one. We only won two games all year, and I missed the first one uh, because I was supporting West Tigers back then. Um, <laughs> But when they, when they had their first win that year against all odds, against the Roosters, you know, that was, that was something I never thought I'd see that particular season and yeah. to see the Jets actually win a game. I actually got my first Newtown jumper that day, so that was really, oh. really special. Um, and just the final one, to see John Singleton in 2006 uh, flying to the ground in a helicopter unannounced, <laughs> uh, it's... Yeah, probably the only ground where you'd get away with flying in on a helicopter, for it was the 25th year anniversary
2: of the 81 grand final team, so
3: nobody knew what the hell was going on. just
2: just during during the first half, Stu? No, it was the halftime, and it was during the Metropolitan Cup game. You just kind of parked
3: on the hill there, and um, it was like, what the hell just happened? (laughs) So, yeah, you had to be there to to kind of understand, but to have a helicopter at a footy ground when there's football actually being played was uh, something you won't see
2: too often. Wow. Well, Stu, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, but before I let you go, I assume we've got more of the same waiting for us this year another beer festival later in the year and, and the Frank yeah, Cup etc
3: um, yeah, yeah, the, the competition is getting you know, a lot of good t- free to air television coverage and, and, and Fox League coverage so you've got a three or four um, yeah, television games at Hanson Park this year we've got our reunion day on every year that's the last game of the year we tend to try and have a theme day every week yep. uh, again if you're in the area uh, bring your kids down because all the entertainment that we put on is kind free for the
2: kids as well. So um yeah, hoping just to build on what we've been building on for the last twenty years, John. Um so wonderful. You know, kind of, we encourage all our international guests if they're in Australia it's um yeah come down to Henson Park if they get the opportunity. Great. Well once again thanks so much Stu for your time. You've given us a real unbelievable insight into the great club it is the Newtown Jets. So wish you and the club all the best for twenty nineteen. Thanks again, Stu.
3: Pleasure,
2: Jono, and look forward to seeing you at Henson Park
3: this season. Good on you, mate.
2: See yeah. Cheers. Oh, fantastic work. Thank you, Fantastic yeah. work. And thank you to Stuart uh, McCarthy for getting involved and, and uh, you know, sparing his time. That was really nice of him. Look, you
0: probably... it's Probably not get uh, a more unique game day experience in Sydney yeah. than going to Henson Park. Yeah. Do you think? It's a lot of fun.
2: As I said in the interview... Um, it's it's a nice relaxed atmosphere yeah. and you know people are just chilling out and you know watching the football is kind of optional yeah. uh, but
0: you know winning secondary as we always say my advice to you pick your moment to get in that sausage sandwich line because it can go crazy <laughs> it can snake around we
2: did spend uh, a whole half of football once in that sausage line but the good news is it's one of the best vantage points in yep. the whole of the ground so <laughs> I mean once again Henson Park you've as done it again as
0: long as you can keep an eye on the action and an eye that someone's not trying to sneak in front of you <laughs> just right. gold exactly now
2: mm. it's time for another segment oh we all know what time it is here we go Slug Gal and me we like what we see when it comes to French Canadian Rugby 13 yeah well man what a week when it comes to the sweet babies uh, we, we mentioned before that our three NRL teams got up over the weekend. Mm. Newcastle, the Tigers, and the Eels. We're not calling them
0: sweet babies, are
2: we? No, no, no. But our, you know, believe it or not, our four sweet babies all got up Holy. on the same weekend. What a, what a weekend for us. So let's start the championship, which I like to do. Uh, it's, and Toulouse Olympique, 50-0 against the Barrow Raiders, backing up their incredible last start win Ooh. over Toronto Wolfpack. So that's now five in a row for Toulouse, and they're coming second on the ladder wow. now. Toronto Wolfpack they came back from that disappointing loss to Toulouse mm. for a solid 34-12 win over the Butley Bulldogs. So yeah, right. uh, the championship is you know heating up, as we know, and it looks it looks dustly. T- Toronto remain on top uh, with 12 points, yeah. followed by Toulouse, Sheffield and York, the York City Knights, uh, on 10 points. And then equal fifth, we have three teams, Lee, Featherston and Halifax. Right. So quite an incredible situation. And coming up this week, uh, you've got... Toulouse playing the Butley Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, right. There you go. I'd like to learn more about Halifax at some point. Yeah, I think we could do a a show Mm. on Halifax one day. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a segment.
2: Yes. Uh, And look, let's go to the Super League this week. Now, not only did our Sweet Babies win the championship, Mm. but in the Super League, Catalan got up 18-16 away to Hull KR, which is a great comeback from their 46-0 thumping last week uh, to Salford City Red Devils. And it was a conversion near the end of the uh, the game from Sam Tompkins to win the match away from home so a bit of a relief for Catalan because they were only on two victories at that time
0: and we complain about how hard it is to tip the NRL as yes, well exactly what, how right. do you judge form over there at the moment yeah I mean it's good for the super League because
2: generally it's a bit more predictable they've got they usually have kind of like the haves and have nots yeah. But this year there's a bit more unpredictability sure. especially with uh, you know some something on like Wigan Um down the bottom of the table now, but the, really our sweet baby of the week has to be the London Broncos. Yes, my goodness gracious me, London! London, an incredible eighteen sixteen win over Leeds, their third win of the season and their first away victory. They yeah. were up eight nil at halftime, then they were down sixteen eight with five to play, and then two late tries for another famous win. Wow! So that's three wins now that they've they've beaten Wigan, Leeds, and Wakefield, and they're sitting on six points. Four points ahead of last place, Huddersfield and Wigan. Yeah. And uh,
0: looking pretty good. Yeah. You're not meant to admit that you have a favourite child, a (laughs) favourite baby. But I think there are phases when you go, "Mm, this one's putting in a bit more. That's right. As a father, you you would
2: know. uh, At times, you like one better than the other. (laughs) Don't worry, your kids don't listen to this, do they? (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) So the amazing thing is like, it's essentially the same squad uh, that gained promotion from the championship last year. They lost their most high-profile high, high prof, profile player, Jared Samet, yeah. at the end of last season. Great hair, Jared Samet. That's right. And yet they continue to compete. So it must be such a, a tight together group. And Danny Ward, what an impressive coach he's turning out to be. So London Broncos, you've got to applaud them. Yeah, Because when you think about it, it's, it's essentially the same squad that was in the championship last year. And I know it's hard to compare the English game with the Australian game, but it's kind of... Um, the equivalent of the Newtown Jets, who are essentially a feeder club, a reserve grade team for Canalla, you know, just joining the NRL and just competing and winning games. That's right. It's actually quite incredible. They haven't really recruited any superstars or anything. It's just the same, basically the same squad of players. That's right. And it's only last week we were saying, look, just stay in, for God's sake. That's right. (laughs) at the moment, they're... On the fringe of the, the top five, yeah, so exactly. get on them. And look, in terms of leads, we should mention uh, leads because um, they're almost—they remind me a bit of the Canberra Raiders of 2018. Mm-hmm. Remember the, the funniest team in rugby league? They were back then. Not so funny this year. They won 21-0, which is not funny at all.
0: No, but just the same as you know, it takes a while to get your. Um hand-eye coordination That's going. Right. Yeah, it takes a while to get your comedy chops going as well in exactly. a new season, so you know, give time. it time. It hasn't
2: taken Leeds very long. They're scoring in clumps and they're conceding in clumps, which is very entertaining. And it <laughs> makes for... Uh, unless you're a fan, of course. And of course, Ian East from Leeds or Ian from East Leeds is obviously feeling it. They're 1-6. Um, so it's frustrating for them, but entertaining for us. Yes. Now, in other news, there's a great example of administrative chucking in around from the Wigan Warriors that I wanted to bring up. So this uh, surrounds Sean Edwards, uh, Wigan, you know, greatest son or favourite son. Um, he was signed in August 2018 to be coach in 2020. And, you know, people were wondering over the last few weeks, is he actually going to come in 2020? Because at the moment he's a rugby assistant coach with Wales and, you know, he's probably quite sought after as a, as a rugby union coach. Yes. And during the week it, it came to be that uh, Sean Edwards was interviewed and said he hadn't actually signed a contract with Wigan. And he said that he had a conversation with the, the chairman, who said, hey, we'll sign one later. <laughs> which uh, I thought was just, that was like an administrative flick pass. That's right. And the yeah. legs, really. I wish I'd chosen that as a progressive moment of the week. actually. <laughs> That's right. Another administrative chucking it around uh, example came up during the week uh, in the form of the 1895 Cup, which is... Going to be played, uh, it's, it's the first edition of the 1895 Cup is this year. And it's basically the it's a knockout competition in the vein of the Challenge Cup, but for the lower division teams. Right. And the idea is to play the final on the same day as the Challenge Cup to try beef up the crowds. As we know, the Challenge Cup final crowds have been dwindling somewhat over the last few years. But it came out this year that the RFL have decided that the 1895 Cup is in fact going to be played after the Challenge Cup final. Which is a little strange. just like a, a grand final date playing your reserve grade <laughs> after the first grade. Yeah, I'm sure there's a reason for it, but on the surface, it's funny.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and I can't quite work it out. But that, once again, that's an administrative. That's kind of an administrative around the corner pass. You know,
0: it is. Yeah, mm. that's. But uh, do we delve deeper to try and find some logic, or
2: I think it's something to do with. Uh, I don't know, infrastructure and when people have to get out of the, the ground because they're assuming that a whole bunch of people would leave after the, the Challenge see. Cup final. Okay. But I'm sure our English fans will will clue us up on that because we're not 100% across <laughs> it. But I don't really want to be because at the moment no, it's very funny. At the moment it's int- it's amusing, yeah. Exactly. Now, in other international rugby league news, the inaugural America Nines tournament mm? has been announced. It's going to be played in Toronto on the 18th of May.
0: Nines again,
2: though. <laughs> Nines, no, I prefer eights. <laughs> Why not eights? Um, it's going to be played on the 18th of May, which is the same day, I believe, as Wigan Warriors are playing the Catalan Dragons in Barcelona at the new Camp. So it's going to be a very special day for International right. Rugby League. Yes. It's featuring USA, Canada, Jamaica, and the Latin Heat.
0: Which I'm sorry? Latin the,
2: Heat? The Latin Heat. Wow. That's right. So it's a congregation of Latino Rugby League players uh, who, you know, Play rugby
0: league. What what, what sort of area are we pulling players from there, I wonder? Yeah, definitely Latin America.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) I'd say so. I wonder how broad that scope is. Yeah, good
2: question. Good question. Now, in other... So that's very exciting. Now, in in our final piece of International Rugby League news, this goes back to the domestic game. It was announced recently that the RFL are going to hear uh, bids from New York City and... A, an undisclosed North American franchise. So they're going to bid in front of the championship clubs and the League One clubs to try enter uh, the RFL system probably in 2021, so i
1: suggest.
0: Are you saying that two clubs are bidding for the one spot?
1: Well, it's unclear, but yeah. likely
2: it would be one spot. So there's been a lot of talk over the last, well, 12 months. New York put their initial bid in over 12 months ago, and there's been yeah. basically radio, radio. silence <laughs> for 12 months. But all of a sudden there's been a... A commitment and an announcement overnight that this is happening. So over the next couple of weeks, they're going to put their best foot forward. So the New York City franchise yeah. is run by a guy called Ricky Willby, I think, or which is maybe of Talladega Knights fame, I think. Is, it, is, that, is that the name, <laughs> Ricky Bobby? Oh, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah, it's very similar. And the Hamels. Uh, so the other North American franchise is run by. Eric Perez, believe it or not. So what he he seems to have done there is um, he seems to have bought the license from the Hemel Stags. The Hemel are a former League One club who don't don't currently have a team in League One for some reason. So anyway, it sounds like he's going to try to relocate the Hemel Stags to a a North American city, which is yet to be disclosed. So there's a bit of talk about what it might be. Uh, The great Steve Mascord suggests it could be Hamilton, Ontario, or oh, okay. Jacksonville Florida right for me Hamilton makes a lot of sense I yeah. mean you've got Hamilton Hamil, yeah, Hamilton, yeah, Hamilton yeah, 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 that sort of works and yeah, of course yeah. uh, the uh, you've also got the local Derby converted commas with the Wolfpack potentially yeah. one day so uh, and i have reading between the lines from David Argyle's comments over the last couple of weeks I get the feeling that he's uh, he knows what's going on obviously because right. he's a are made of the great Perez. So, look, we'll see what happens, but um, it's pretty exciting time. So, hopefully, hopefully one of them gets through, if not both. But the, the complicated issue is that now that the RFL and the Super League are now sort of separate entities, and Super League is running their own game, and yeah. the RFL is running the lower leagues, it's not clear if Super League are going to be accepting of that extra That's club. That's the
0: thing, yeah, isn't it? I mean, you can the RFL can accept it, mm. and then they could. You know, get up to the top of that comp and be promoted and then Super League can go, No, we yeah. do not want to borrow that. Yeah, exactly. So How that, odd. Yeah. Look, there's plenty to play out there, but at least there's progress. That's what we want to see. There is. Yeah. You'd be pretty upset if you're in New York though and then old money bags Perez comes along and, and gets up. A, yeah, that's right. <laughs> a rando rando club at the last minute. But oh. anyway. Our mate Perez. So, look, that's uh, the International
2: French-Canadian Rugby League update. I hope Big Al did you proud.
0: Yeah, you well, you, you did very well there, Jono. I hope Big Al uh, approves, oh, wherever exhausted. he may be at the moment. <laughs> uh, let's wrap this up with a uh, progressive moment of the week. What have you got? Yeah, look, um, my PRL moment of the week,
2: it, I've got two. The first is an on-field moment, and this was during the Parramatta-Penrith game where I saw a lovely chip and chase from Clint Gutherson mm. and uh, it, he almost pulled off a try he en- ended up forcing a line goal drop out yep. goal line drop out uh, but it was good to see in wet conditions he sort of put it on the toe and it was one of those old fashioned chip and chases where it went quite high yeah. and, and sort of you know got another kick on it on the full so that was a very exciting very entertaining piece of play so more of that please Clint and good to see the Eels getting up uh, my other moment was a bit more of a somber one uh, we all know what happened in Christchurch over yeah. the last uh week or so and i was just watching the the moment um of silence and solidarity in uh at the warriors game it was obviously very emotional very powerful moment uh heartbreaking moment so i just wanted to shout out there and and i suppose like it's something um i've been thinking about in that um you know the way we speak to each other on on social media and, and the way that um we speak to each other in in general life these days and a lot of people don't like political correctness and you know it's political correctness gone mad and they want to be able to say whatever they say I just think that you know what political correctness is 99% of the time it's just being nice (laughs) so I'm kind of defending I know it's an unpopular uh, comment to say but I I just want to defend political correctness yes uh, this week and 99% of the time it's just being nice yeah 1% of the time it might be annoying but you know yeah. What's wrong
0: with being nice? I'm vaguely thinking about who might hear it and how they might feel. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, um, well said. Very well said. Well, we might leave it there. Yeah. Well. On that thought. Before we go, I hear a knock at the door. Ding 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 <laughs> ding. Yeah. We might leave you with a uh, some thoughts from Big Al from across the waves. Over to you, Big. See ya. In rugby league, Big Al <laughs> trusts. <laughs>
4: Hey guys, Big Al doing his own outside broadcast here for the Progressive Rugby League podcast for round one of 2019. Strange that you might think a fella like me, Large Al, not being in the studios for round one of quite possibly the greatest moment of his entire life. That would be the start of what is gonna be the greatest rugby league season ever. But I tell you this, a couple of weeks ago, Big Al reflected on the summer wet that he'd had where he felt that he'd grown as a person perhaps being able to acknowledge the existence of other sports, not necessarily enjoying them or participating in, participating in them, but still I feel that as a person I have grown and I can sometimes take a holiday when rugby league is happening at the same time it's okay, I've allowed myself I've given myself permission to leave the country whilst a round of football is happening, I know that's big news um, but it's, it's, a really, it's a personal milestone for me so I know you guys are applauding right now thank you. Anyway, so I'm here in the Philippines and uh, anyone that's been following our Instagram account knows that I've got a bit of a penchant for international rugby league merchandise. So I've been strutting around the streets of Manila and anywhere else that'll have me proudly wearing my Philippines Tamarores rugby league team shirt. And I was expecting to be mobbed by people, honestly. I was expecting, you know, kids, mums, dads, the police even to come up and thank me for supporting the Philippine Rugby League team. I was expected to be, you know, maybe a civil reception, um, you know, diplomats and uh, and um, royal receival, all that sort of stuff, uh, being a, a Philippines Rugby League fan. But apparently not. The strange thing is, guys, I don't know if you know this, but not many people have heard of Rugby League in the Philippines. And I, I, I think perhaps all throughout Asia, not many people have heard of Rugby League at all. I know, like, yeah, like in in Japan, they obviously know what Rugby Union is. Um, but I don't think Rugby League's big anywhere, um, which I find quite, quite shocking. It's not what I expected. I mean, I've, I, I do not live in a fishbowl, surely not. I think I consider myself to be a citizen of the world. And I really found it shocking that not one person recognized the singlet I was wearing. In fact, I had to sit down and explain it to people because it's the people told me the only attention it got was because it's kind of ugly. People said, why are you wearing such an ugly singlet? I had to explain to them that it was a Philippines Rugby League singlet. Um, and even then, they didn't really care. I, I sat them down and told them about all the great things that the Philippines did during the Emerging Nations World Cup in 2018. Still nothing. Anyway, fellas, this leads us to uh, a bit of an emergency rugby league in asia what are we going to do strategy one we can just go into japan oh we're already in japan anyway and just piggyback off the back of rugby union that no one really cares no one needs to make a difference between rugby union and rugby league we're all rugby that's fine or we'll just start our own league we do need some um financiers uh, i don't know if mr perez is willing to bankroll a, you know a tokyo super knights and a uh, Osaka Sunshine Lines or whatever, whatever we decide to call them. Um, but that's one strategy. Hey, fellas, I'm keen to know your thoughts. What are we going to do with Asia? There's, there's a lot of people that live there. Did you know that? There's people everywhere here. <laughs> all of them are potential rugby league fans. So let's do it. Let's mobilise. God bless, fellas. Uh, I will see you next week. And in rugby league, the Philippines Trust.